Hey, this is Captain Lee, and you're listening to the Andertons Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Anderson's TV. And today my special guest is the platinum selling, multi-talented uh, and highly awesome Tash Sultana. So welcome. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I love the backdrop you've got there. Tell me about that. Um, honestly, like when everything kind of had to happen from home, I just had to make an area just work. I was doing like the virtual background for a bit but it's not really appropriate to be like under the golden gate bridge when you're like having a meeting with the ceos of your agency so, so what, what is that is that something you paint did you paint that no i didn't paint that i can't paint for shit man i try and do a little bit of red here and there but well, no i don't have that skill well listen uh it's cool of you to join, and I've been mean, listening to a lot of your music for the last uh, few days, um, reading about you, and uh, you are a, a phenomenally talented person, multi-instrumentalist, and I'm kind of interested growing up where your influences came from and you know, why you chose maybe some of the instruments that you chose to, to, to get into. I mean, I just had like a knack for sound as a little kid. We played everything in the house. Like we, like my parents are born in the 60s, so grew up with a lot of Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, um, Fleetwood Mac, and then onwards and upwards from there. My dad loves George Michael, which is sick, and like Phil Collins, Jimi Hendrix, and all of that, Sade, that's another one. Um, mm. We just listen to like a really broad range of music. My mum is more so like, you know, Black Sabbath, Metallica, ACDC kind of thing. And if you saw my mum, you just wouldn't think that. She's that's like awesome. the most straight, straighty 180 person on the earth and just <laughs> does not look hardcore at all. She's just like a typical mum. And, uh, yeah, she just uh, she actually just loves heavy metal. Like She loves, like, Bring Me the Horizon and all that type of shit. And my dad, on it. the other hand, is kind of more like the, the psychedelic rock and blues grass kind of stuff. And we just grew up with it all. So I've just kind of, like, had a little ear for, you know, contemporary music, alternative music, world yeah. sounds and all that type that, of thing. That- that world sound thing i mean it i like the i like the vibe there's a kind of a there's a kind of floaty sort of psychedelic vibe to a lot of the stuff that you're doing um i like the mix of i like how you i like how you mix the instruments in as well so there's everything everything feels like it's balanced in the mix there's not any one thing that seems to be put to the front is that is that a conscious effort well, to sort of i mean that's a- what happens when it takes fucking six weeks to mix a record bro <laughs> <laughs> you get it exactly where you want it i mean the mix the mix is the complement and and the master is the gloss coat of like engineering it properly 
if it yeah. doesn't sound right in the take, you, everyone says, oh, you can fix it in post-production. That is a, that is a terrible excuse to use. Needs to be schmick on the way in to be, like, glossy on the way out, 100%. Yeah. Well, you're, so tell me a little bit about how many of the original recordings that you did, and and even on the on the, the current album, how much of it is all you playing versus all bringing in all? So even on the latest album, it's all you playing. Oh, on the latest record, so I did a little, um, I did a a little writing exercise last November because I was kind of like, be cool to try and kick off this record in a different way than the mm. other one. So everything up before that. I had done all myself um, and I'd featured on other people's songs and did a couple of collabs on, like, their tracks and I'd never done that for my own. So I thought this would be cool to kick it off, like kick open the floodgates and see where our mind goes. So I had Matt Corby and Dan Hume come down a year ago just for 10 days. We didn't plan on actually, like, getting anything to use we just wanted to get the momentum going and I had a bunch of songs I thought oh this is probably a good opportunity to just bring them out so we ended up recording four tracks and all four of them got used on the record so um I mean they're different those beginning days like in Pretty Lady Matt drummed on it originally but then I redid the percussion led down the line but the bass is him and like right. uh crop circles the guitar it like is me and the, I redid the keys but he did the drums and the bass and um, and then beyond the pine was initially some of Matt's chord progressions on a piano but I actually redid the entire song in the end and change the key and change the tempo and change the second verse like so many times. So what ended up on the record is predominantly me, but the beginning stages of getting it there, there was the bones of other people. And then there's two other tracks that feature other people on them as well. Josh plays acoustic guitar in one of the tracks and Jerome did some sampling and all that in the Willow Tree track. So it's been cool. It does. It, it kind of reminds me of, um, I can't remember which album it was, but there was a, a some of the Lenny Kravitz stuff that I was listening to probably back in the 90s, I guess, where he was playing all the instruments on those uh, tracks as well. And it brings a certain, again, it brings a certain vibe to the track, I think, or to the album. And And some of those songs, I mean... The drumming on Pretty Lady, I think, is wicked. So I'm not, and I, it always blows me away when one person's got the ability to just put all that down. How, what process do you follow? Do you, do you put like a, a guide guitar and vocal line down and then add everything else into it? Or do you start with the percussion and build up from I never, there? I never start with percussion. That's just ne- I just never do. It's always yeah. just like a bass line or like something on the keys might be singing something vocally and then I got to work, like kind of transcribe that across to instruments and work that out. But yeah, I mean, I'm all for the collab after these little bits and pieces. Yeah. I've had people hitting me up saying, let's do a track together. I've had people hitting me up saying, can you please produce my record and all that type of thing, which is what I'm really aiming to get 
two. Like I'll never stop being an artist or touring when we're allowed um, <laughs> and playing shows and shit. But ultimately I want to be writing other people's tracks. I think it's sick. I loved it. I loved it so much. It just like literally turned all the cogs in my brain a different way. But I think if you set a benchmark for yourself, like I kind of apply this attitude to my life is if somebody else can do it, you can do it. We're all human. Like we can, we can all do it. It's just about if you invest in the time, like I jam every day all day but i cannot fucking put my towel on the rack like it's just what you put your mind to and my partner's just like for fuck's sake just put the fucking shit in the washing machine and but i'm just too busy jamming so like you know some people are really good at keeping like the domestic cogs turning i just keep the musical cogs turning and um yeah i mean fuck man anyone can play an instrument we're all born i believe as a blank canvas and we're pointed in whatever direction our parents point us in but then you've got your own spirit which follows where you want to go and your parents either kill that or they allow it and my parents allowed that to the fucking nth degree and encouraged it supported it that's what i did i fucking gigged hardcore and fuck school yeah i learned fuck all from school (laughs) It's my my uh, my brother has lived in Australia for about fifteen years. He's been bringing up a family out there, and he he's got a very different attitude, I think, towards school to perhaps what we have over here. Similar to you, <laughs> yeah. I think. I, I I don't know. I don't know if it's a, he's a musician as well. So whether it's a combination of being a musician and 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 something to do with the Aussie, uh, don't know the weather or the lifestyle or whatever. But there's there's he's much more interested in his kids having life skills than necessarily academic skills. So he pushes them in a different direction. Mate, you know. They like the shit that I learned in school. What the fuck was the point <laughs> apart from, you know, your obvious like basic math, reading, writing. Yeah. You know, cool. This is but, awesome. like, that's awesome. I dropped maths as soon as I could because I was just like, what the fuck is the point of this for me? What is my, the point? I got a, a calculator on my phone. My, you know? la- my last two interviews have been uh, uh, you saying that school's a waste of time and Carlos Santana saying we should all do drugs if we want to write the best music. So I really feel like I'm putting a positive message out to society. <laughs> <He> actually, <laughs> we did a show together a few years ago and, like, I was kind of, you know, being a bit loose back then and he put his hands on my shoulders like that and he was just like, don't burn your candle at both ends. And I did not understand what that meant until I literally lit the candle at both ends with a fucking flamethrower, you know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah, now I get it. He's a wise man. He is a, a very wise man. wise man. And yeah. a pioneer, a pioneer of a sound that people were yeah. not ready for. Like, you know, he'd be playing at Woodstock and people were just like, what the, f- what the fuck is this guy doing with the guitar? What the fuck? You're, you're, like, I, your album cover reminded me of some of the stuff, you know, some of the artwork he would have used of that era. Is that, was that a conscious nod towards saying? No, it, 
it wasn't, but I really do love all of the Santana artwork. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, look. Okay. So we're going to talk about gear now because I know, I know we're a little bit pressed for time here. So let's talk about gear. Congratulations on this. This is pretty cool. Thank um, you. <laughs> so uh, tell me about, I mean, if we talked about all the musical instruments you've got, we would be here for a week. So let's stick to guitars and pedals and amps and stuff. Uh, what is your go-to guitar setup? <sighs> Depends how, like, how lazy I'm feeling or not. So if I just want to have a little jam, I might just go straight into, like, a Blues Junior and just dial up a, a nice, clean tone. But if I'm doing, like, you know, looping and stuff like that, I actually don't use any physical amps. It's all digital processing. So it's I send my guitar to two separate Kempers and have different tones dialed in on those, and that's kind of what I launch to if I'm going to do a solo. So I'll engage my distortion pedal and, like, whatever other effects chains I've got mapped on my MIDI board, which I use an Axe FX for, and I'll send the signal over to Kemper so that it doesn't interrupt with the Axe FX. But, yeah, I predominantly... You know, I play with a very clean tone if I want to be laying down the rhythm stuff and then if I'm going to rip a solo, it's very, you know, tuby, distorted, um, compressed. It's, it's, you know, I always have the wah going to kind of just like cut off a little bit of like the HF and just get it like in a little tube. Yeah. But I just like having that st- multiple stereo panning ability so that it's just like, this big fucking soundscapey shit in my head. Where's it? The 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 tracks on the new album, and I, I I can see the progression in terms of the the sound that you're getting. It almost sounds like a sort of Roland jazz chorusy kind of vibe, or is it just a Fender tube, like clean tube amp with, <laughs> no, a, with a chorus it's actually on it? A br- <laughs> it's a brigade chorus that I've right. actually used on some of it. It's a UAD plug-in, actually, and I've done a lot of um, guitar doubling and stuff. So usually if I'm going to track guitar, I'll track three different stereo, like I'll multi-track it in three different stereo channels, and then I'll just kind of like pick the amp that I want or like blend the multiple or have moments and and stuff like that. Yeah. It's it's almost got a... It's almost like when you hear some of that sort of traditional African, well, you know, African music where they play the guitar and it's the electric guitar and it's very, very clean with a bit of chorus on it. Um, I was trying to wonder, did, do you have a, an artist that you can think of that, that, you know, their sound is like the best guitar sound or your favorite guitar sound or something? Or, or are you just trying to move towards oh. something that fits? I um. I don't even know the names of people whose guitar sounds that I like because I feel like it's a very new age Instagram kind of thing where you're finding all these amazing guitarists doing these riffs riffs for 15, 30 seconds, one minute on your Explore page and all of that. Yeah. Um, I think there's like a big fashion at the moment with like playing a Strat on like the humbucker or the bridge pickup with a a doubling and like a a um a flanger or a phaser or 
a chorus like that's very depth and width and rate affected yeah. that's something that i've really noticed a lot of people doing at the moment yeah it's a let's go back to the let's go back to the guitar because i know you know fender have very graciously hooked us up to do this this interview um what was the first strat you ever had i had a little black squire for, that I, my father bought me for my eighth birthday Oh, that's cool. And did you yeah. did you have a lot of strats to draw on inspiration for this or is this just like a dream guitar? They just accumulated a little bit ago. I kind of like got pretty hooked into like the Jazz Master and the Tally world for a bit. You know, I appreciate all different types of guitars. But the strat kind of came a little bit later when I just can't – the tone that I was searching for, I was searching for this screech. And I could get like the roll off and the warmth and the twang from the tally, but I just kind of needed this like protruding, wailing, screaming fucking sound. And it was within the strat that I found that. It's a great, uh, it's, it's probably my favorite of all guitars. Um, it's, tough to, it's tough to find anything that you can't really do on a strat, isn't it? Um, what about things like the, the neck profile and choice of, pickups and stuff and even down to the color what what was kind of what was the thought process going into that so the neck radius is kind of the stock standard for the american pro series i've kind of changed a few of my neck radiuses to like you know, a little bit thinner and flatter as you go down but something always brings me back to that pro series strat mm-hmm. it's not too thin like it's also the fret, the fretting on it is also not too shallow either. So I noticed that with some of my other guitars where I've had them, the frets shaved down. I play with my eyes closed a lot. And then sometimes when I'm traveling down the fretboard, I'm like, where the, where the fuck am I? Like, <laughs> might as well be playing a fucking fretless guitar. And that was something that I didn't want to do with this guitar. I thought it'd be it's nice to have that really good distinction of your progression and chord changes with the fretting. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the idea with the neck and the frets. Um, as for the color, we had a few different prototypes before that. We had this guitar that was quite brown. It was very, it was rosewood neck and it was walnutty. And then we had an issue because obviously with the rosewood now. You can't, you can't yep. manufacture guitars like that. So we had to have a little bit of change of direction there out of respect. But I thought, hmm, what don't I have in my kit? And it was re- red. I don't have red. What do you look at when, what do I look at when I walk into a music store? And I always notice things that are red. And I thought, well, I think it's going to have to be cherry red. So we did product, mocked it up, did the cherry red, originally tortoiseshell pick guard. Something was sucking the energy away from the guitar with the tortoise shell. So I changed it to pearl. We've got the aged tone knobs, aged, aged pickups, gold hardware. And, I, and then I looked at it with the maple neck and I was just like, that's it. That's the one. The, ma- the matching headstock is a cool final touch as well. Real. Yeah. It's a and beautiful. Of course, the matching headstock. Yeah. It is, a, it, is a, it is an absolute beauty of a guitar. I love the little... Um, I love the little sort of, I don't know, well, like almost like a Day of the Dead kind of thing on the back here. Um, say again? Oh, wait, yeah, where it's embossed. That's very, very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. Um, 
So let's. When do you think you're going to actually get to use the thing in anger in front of a crowd? In anger, I mean, I've actually already used it before in in a show, and、right. um, Fender brought brought the prototype to my show last year at the Enmore in Sydney, and that was the first time I'd seen it physically in the flesh. So, the type of person that I am and always have been is if I've got something new, I've got to use it straight away. I used to be like that with shoes. I'd like literally put them on <laughs> in the store and pay for them on my feet just so that I could wear them. So like that's kind of what I did with that guitar, and like no one fucking knew that it was mine apart from me and and all my crew and and shit. And now I'm seeing it in your hands. I had a couple of interviews earlier, and they had it in their hands. And then like the music store that I've been going to since I was seven years old, they told me they're gonna stock them in there, and that's just fucked up. It's does that, sick. Does that freak you out? You're now you're now on that roster of you know Jimmy <laughs> and. Eric, Jeff well, Beck, it's like. I mean, I don't really think about myself up there. Maybe when I'm dead, people <laughs> might think of me in that way. But I don't think about it like that. I just think sick. I can't believe I got my own signature line coming out. Because really, in like underneath it all, I'm just some street pleb from Melbourne trying to get a few dollars to buy some photo from the Vietnamese restaurant. But <laughs> we've progressed in time, so sick. I'm fucking stoked. Well, you're a very talented street pleb,、um, and <laughs> I, I, I really, really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to to spend some time with us. I really hope you know when you when you come over to England,、uh, we can do this again. Maybe you can come visit our studio.、Um, oh, you can, you can see your guitar to- hanging on on、oh. the wall in the store. Um, I'm so shattered. I was meant to be there, you know. I had a couple of shows queued up for the Royal Albert Hall, and it's just like,、oh. ah, well, that、yeah. rescheduled.、Uh, they they have been, yes, but as you know, with the nature of that venue, it's like an elite. It's really hard to like get that motherfucker、oh. on hold because everybody wants to play there. So. I hope.、Yes. You, I mean, that it's such a phenomenal place to to watch. I've never played there, obviously. I've seen loads of bands there, but oh, I hope that dream comes true because that that's got to be a bucket list thing. So shattered,、um, but the Hammersmith is going to be what we're doing for the time being. Well, that's a cool、Maybe、venue too. Couple、so. of those, and then might have to do the Royal Albert Hall after that, and then I think I've kind of like ticked a pretty good amount off my list in、Wembley. England. That's the big one. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I'm not Ed Sheeran. We'll see. <laughs> all right. Well, look. Thanks so much again.、Uh, all the best to you, and 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 good luck with with how 2021 shapes up. But it's been an absolute pleasure. Everybody, Tashultana. Thank you very thank much. You.、Um, we shall see you soon. <laughs> That's the biggest clap I've had all year. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for listening to our latest podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit that subscribe button. See you next time.